Ladies and gentlemen, it's the witching hour. Let's decide this conference. This is Locked On Big 12. You are Locked On Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome into Locked On Big 12. I'm Drake Toll from ESPN Central Texas. Thank you for making Locked On Big 12 your first listen every single day. Pleasure to be here with you. Remember to make Locked On College Football Kickoff live a listen today. If it's Friday, either wherever, get your podcast or on YouTube as well. I'll be there with Alex Dono and Kenton Gibbs breaking down everything in college football. Today's show, the WWE and the Big 12 are partnering. Is that cool now, I guess? Uh, how about Gary Patterson? He is so back. He wants to coach college football. He's got the itch, and we're going to start right here with the upsets in Big 12 play. Look, I get it. Tumultuous week. We're trying to disguise all this rule. We didn't, well, the Big 12 didn't change the rule. They just clarified the rules by altering them, which is not a change. It's an alter. It's an alteration. So, you know, change is different, right? We're trying to distract you with that with the Big 12's WWE deal. I, I, I'm going to go past everything and just get to the meat and potatoes, the ball games we got this week. Let's think about this in terms of every week in the Big 12 so far. Last week, Oklahoma State losing to UCF by a score of 45-3. to Who could have seen that coming? But the week prior to that, Baylor losing to Houston. That didn't make a lot of sense, I guess. Houston wasn't supposed to, they were supposed to go winless the rest of the way after the fluke West Virginia win. Then Kansas beat Oklahoma the week before that in a monumental upset, whereas Texas couldn't, or BYU couldn't get past Texas. Right? There have been some of these. Here's what I'm trying to paint the picture of. There have been weeks in the Big 12 where it's like, oh, you know, this could be the upset. It could be BYU over Texas, or oh, it could be Kansas State over Texas. It usually features Texas. And then the ones that we don't talk about, the ones we we usually kind of turn a blind eye to, sometimes maybe it's a, a, a random, super random one, like that Baylor and Houston one. Those are the ones that happen. What Narrowing it down to, trying to take the long way home here, that there will be upsets in the Big 12 this weekend. We're having all this conversation. It just makes me think, I've been here before, I've been here in the scenario game. Do you ever uh, go to the scenario world of, look, there could be X, Y, and Z ties in conference. These people could be tied with these people. And it so seldom ever works out that way. It usually, by the last week, you look around and go, huh, we did all that math, all that rule changing, all that pissing people off for nothing. Because in the end, everything kind of worked, worked itself out. I, I believe we're going to get to that. What it's going to take is some sort of clarification via upsets. Now Oklahoma's taken out of the equation. They lose to BYU. Upsets. Oh my gosh. Now we don't even have to talk about Iowa State anymore. They lost to Texas. Fine. How about Kansas State? They lose to Kansas. We don't have to talk about them anymore. Okay. There, there are little things that can happen like that. Like Kansas goes out and beats, beats Kansas State this week. And then we start thinking, oh, shoot. Now what? But, but what, if, what if Oklahoma State? Oh my gosh. What if Oklahoma State lost to Houston? Kansas State lost to Kansas. BYU beat Oklahoma. And we sit in a spot where now a three-loss team has to get into the Big 12 championship, assuming that Texas beats Iowa State. Then Texas is a lock for the Big 12 title, and Iowa State, can they make their way in still with the loss? It's stuff like that that makes me think, okay, this conference is one that's been absurd. Why wouldn't it be absurd to the very end? And if it's not absurd to the very end, it's, it's going to be one of those scenarios where everything just works its way out at the very end. Clock strikes midnight and ta-da, it's all fine and dandy. That means we got to try to figure out, we got to try to find Cinderella before they get to the ball, per se, with who's going to upset this week. My number one upset that I love, 
I, and I love it because I don't like Texas. I every week, if you realize this, every week I've been picking Texas to lose in football games. It's foolproof at this point. You come to the show if you're a Texas fan. I don't know how you're still here, and you hear me go. I think this is the week. It's my gut pick. It's my heart pick. Texas is going to lose. They're going to get upset. But this week, my number one upset of the week, the Texas Longhorns, seven and a half point favorites in Ames, Iowa. If you go to Stats O War, Parker Fleming on Twitter, who's got great content, you'll find that Texas has a 76% chance to win this game, giving thus Iowa State a 24% chance to win. The projected score is 28 to 19. Texas over Iowa State, a nine point spread. Now, the big reason why is Iowa State's offense has been so lackluster. And, and lackluster might not even be the right word. It has been very small. That That's what I would use to describe Iowa State. They, they are not going to try to blow you away with a big play. They're fairly conservative. They keep things tight. They are a small offense, which can work to your favor. I mean, 45-13 last week, it's kind of the, felt like an outlier. And there have been those weeks where you think, oh my gosh, what if Iowa State's offense is good? I remember the first quarter against Oklahoma when they were rattling off touchdowns like, shoot, this team might be legit offensively. And then you go back to the Ohio game. They scored seven points. And then you go to Oklahoma State. They scored 34 points. And oh, they have... 30 points, three, two weeks in a row against Cincinnati and then against Baylor. Um, and then shuts down. We talk about the Kansas game, three touchdowns. I, I just don't. Rocco Beck is not thrown for 300 yards aside from once this year. That was the Oklahoma State game that they won. That seemed to be kind of an outlier. Uh, it was. It is the outlier for Rocco Beck. Do I need him to throw for 200? That's, this becomes the question. Do you need Iowa State to do something spectacular? Do you need Rocco Beck to throw for 300 yards, 350 yards? Do you need... Uh, and Eli's going to come out and run for 200 yards, which is never going to happen. Not going to happen. I'm, I'm I can't. No, I, I have to. I'm going to say no. That's why I think the upset can happen is I'm going to say no. I think Iowa State's defense with Jonathan Brooks out with a torn ACL can take advantage of Quinn Ewers. If you take advantage of Quinn Ewers, if defensively you lock it down the way you have, Iowa State can win this football game. Rocco Beck, if he's normal, if he's just a normal quarterback, you can win this football game. If the offensive line is able to hold that big Texas defensive front, you can win this football game. I'm taking Iowa State. My second most likely upset this week, UCF over Texas Tech. Now, Tech's only favored by three, but John Rice Plumley, the hot hand, the kid looks healthy. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the Big 12. Jonathan, or I should say, at this point, as we speak, Taj Brooks not getting, still not getting the workload that I want. Still not getting the attention that I want Joy McGuire to give him. Still not being, look, 33 carries for 133 yards last week. That, that, that's solid. We got, you got to lean on him. You got to lean on him more. Keep leaning on him to win ball games. Texas Tech looked bad against a Kansas team that had a backup quarterback and UCF blew out Oklahoma State. The second most likely upset, the hand, the team that's 2-0 and in their last two, give me UCF over Texas Tech. Will it happen? I don't know. Welcome to this conference where crazy stuff happens. My third most likely upset. I don't know, man. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. Let me go with the Baylor Bears over the TCU Horn Frogs. It sounds weird coming out of my mouth. Bad for the stupid trophy thing. We're going to talk about Gary Patterson later in the show and how he wants to come back and he said it on a Baylor radio show, radio, show, radio station. I just, I don't know. This feels like it, it in this rivalry, it is one of those things where the team that's supposed to win just doesn't seem like it wins. Even in the middle of the game when they're up by a lot, things can go so wrong so quickly. And for this ball game, I just I foresee that. I foresee that the worst team, the much worse team, Baylor, ending TCU's shot and going to a bowl this year. Do I love it? No. Do I want to see it? 
reluctantly, I guess, I'll be in the house for this one. I just don't, I don't think there's any chance that Baylor beats TCU. And that's why I think Baylor might beat TCU. Does that make sense? 2.30 on ESPN Plus. The Big 12 on ESPN Plus. Jeez. Oh, it's going to be gross. And they're going to build that stupid trophy. Oh. Hey, how about this? WWE in the Big 12. Is this cool? This is cool. This is cool, right? This is Locked On Big 12, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is where I go to make money. At Prize Picks, I can pick two or more and like stat props and parlay them. So with basketball season here, you can pick combo projections across football and basketball from the specials league, a league created specifically for combo projections like LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey at a 10 and a half point combo of three pointers made and receptions or play alongside some of prize picks, favorite players like rapper Meek Mill, comedian Andrew Schultz. Now find community plays and tail them under the promos tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the prize picks community every week. They offer a reboot policy. Your player gets hurt in the first half. You just get to reboot that pick. Prize picks is the only one who does that right now. Go to prizepicks.com forward slash locked on college prizepicks.com forward slash locked on college. Use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to a hundred bucks. Again, that is prizepicks.com forward slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. That is at prize picks. So the Big 12 has announced this new partnership with the WWE. What does this mean exactly? Well, first and foremost, you're going to see a big difference in the Big 12 championship game. You're going to see the WWE logo mixed with the Big 12 logo sitting on the field. And you're going to see uh, uh, the, the, the MVP of the game will have a belt, a WWE belt. Here's my question. Is this cool? This seems really not cool to me. It seems like the guy who I was vaguely the fringe guy from third grade who would wear shorts down to his ankles and a w like a john cena he, you know you know the guy john cena t-shirt shorts to the ankles was always talking about the big monster jam thing that happened this week it's like yeah we went to monster jam i know we're in third grade so you don't really pick on anybody but you're thinking that's a little weird i don't know if i can really vibe with that they're always there's like the the different sides of people there's like the race car kids that had kind of like the nascar you know rat you know mullet whatever there's the wwe kids where they were just aggressive all the time you're like oh okay stay away from them and your parents weren't really friends with their parents and if you asked to go over to their house your parents would be like are you okay is that who we're appeasing here did anybody see this and go hell yeah the wwe and the big 12 yes they did that bape thing last year. Be ape. Uh, you know, I'm 22. I guess I'm, I'm going to sound like a 45 year old in this segment. Is that young? That's young. 45. So I'm going to sound like a 75 year old in this segment, which is still young. Because I don't know what the bape thing was either. This just had like monkeys on the field and some logos and stuff they were making. And I don't know. Do they have her H.E.R. sing the national anthem or something? They were doing a bunch of stuff. And then they got Nelly for the halftime show. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, 15 years ago, a little bit of hot, hot. I can tell you how it's going to go. Close your eyes unless you're driving and just picture it. It's like 40-year-old Nelly who's out there. He's kind of overweight. He's sweating. You can tell that, you know, every singer gets to the point in their career where they, instead of singing, they kind of pull away from the mic a little bit. It was like, a little bit, ha, ha, a little bit, ha, ha. It's like, dude, just, just sing into the microphone. Just sing into the microphone. It's getting hot in here. So take oh, oh, him. So hot. He's just coming in and out of the microphone. That's exactly what it's going to be like for Nelly at halftime. Nelly is... I hate, you know, I hate to say it. 15 years ago, this would have been cool, but Nelly's a little past his prime. And how we follow that up? Hey, 
What did you also love when you were in grade school or in high school or 25 years ago? Nelly and the WWE nostalgia game. Are there, do you think there'll be people who come to this game just for the WWE? And if they do, will they be normal people? That's the good question. <laughs> yeah. If you ask Brett, your like, why are you doing this? What are you doing this for? It's like, yeah, you know, we want to target a new, dem- target a new demographic. Do you think the big 12 is going to pull WWE fans away? The one thing I remember about WWE fans from when I was in school, which I haven't met very many of them outside of school, by the way, like once I graduated, WWE became just a wild, you know, has been thought in my brain. I don't remember those folks liking football a whole lot. They were more into the theatrics of the whole, you know, like chair slams and people jumping and, you know, they bring out some big guy and he would jump on another guy, which, you know, guess was appropriate. Right. And I, maybe, you know, Maybe I'm getting a little too fired up here, a little too old man, get off my lawn, right? Try something that works. But why not partner with like Lululemon? Hmm? I'm young and that's cool. That's cool for the old people too. It's cool for everybody. You're just like, yeah, yeah, cool. You partner with a clothing brand. Awesome. Sweet. Let's rock and roll. Why not partner with the Bird Ducks, you know? Partner with Dude Perfect. They're up there in Irving. Like, yeah, yeah, it's like five, 10 years old probably, but wholesome, family oriented. Everybody kind of gets behind it. Nobody hates Dude Perfect. But the WWE, oh, huh. I, I think the weirdest part is just picture this. End of the game, you know, 28-24, dramatic comeback win, a last-second touchdown from Will Howard to Ben Sinnott. Howard wins the MVP, and it, it literally says in this release, this is how it's going to happen, that the, a, the WWE will present a belt to the game's MVP. Can you just, pick, just humor me for a second, you know? We, uh, you know, we're now going to turn the microphone over to Death Destroyer of Worlds Megatron. Death Destroyer of Worlds Megatron, take it away. And then it's going to be a, oh, we're here with Will Howard. You know, he's going to tackle him or something. Will has played football on the gridiron so well today that we're going to give him a trophy. And somebody else is going to come in and tackle that guy and then steal the, steal the belt and then run around with it. And she's like, do we need this? Do we need this? You're trying to distract. You, you already messed up the whole rules thing. You're trying to distract us with WWE. I, maybe this is what I'm getting. Maybe this is what I'm getting at. Football was already entertaining enough. No, football was already entertaining enough for me. And what's more, this doesn't seem like it's going to add any entertainment value for those who watch the game. Most people are going to be like, oh, I could live with this or live without this. This is just a little thing you tacked on to the end to say, hmm, let's hope it works. Hmm, maybe we can drive in new fans. Why are we mixing the Big 12 and the WWE logos to the Big 12 championship game? This is pointless. This is pointless. You cannot trick me into thinking the game is more fun now because you put a WWE logo out there. Am I am I old? Am I the old man? Get off my lawn! Or did you also know that guy in third grade with the shorts down to his ankles and the John Cena T-shirt or the Undertaker T-shirt or whatever it is? There's a reason sports movies suck because sports is good. Sports is sports are good. Whatever happens in real life is probably more crazy than what you draw up in a movie. And if you draw up something crazy in a movie, I'm going to say it's unbelievable, right? That's how sports movies go. They stink because it's like, ah, that would never happen. And then it happens in real life, but better. That's why I love sports documentaries. The WWE is fake. The Big 12's not. We don't script this stuff. It's a real man sport.
I don't want to have any Big 12 WWE. If you mail me a Big 12 WWE branded thing, I'll burn it. I mean, who who in the meeting? Mr. Commissioner, it seems that people are upset we changed the rules, but they tried to gaslight them and tell them that we actually just clarified them. And Brett's like, nope, get the WWE on the phone. We'll fix this one real quick. No, what the hell, man. Bad. You know, it's not bad and not stupid. Gary Patterson coming back to the Big 12. What if, baby? What if this is Locked On Big 12, part of the Locked On Podcast Network? It's who? It's who's? Yours. Your team every day. Today's awfully fired up show is brought to you by Athletic Brewing Company. Near beer, baby. I drink beers all the time. Actually, it's a radio show here in Waco, Texas on ESPN Central Texas, 12 to 2, the Drake Toll Show. And I do it while hammering brews. That's because they're from Athletic Brewing Company and they're fit for all times. They've completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. It actually tastes good, full flavor, well-crafted, just like a full-strength beer. They're great-tasting, award-winning, 50 styles of craft non-alcoholic beer, including IPAs, Goldens, Sours, and more. When I say fit for all times, I mean like tackling work, working out, watching a big game at your kid's game, no hangovers, Ever find Athletic Brewing Company in store online and at bars around the country. Find them in store, HEB down the street. They've got them over there or online at athleticbrewing.com. First time customers use code locked on to get 15% off your first online order. That's code L O C K E D O N at checkout for 15% off at athleticbrewing.com near beer. Exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company fit for all times. So Gary Patterson wants to return. The former TCU Horn Frogs football coach that brought them out of the tumultuous 90s and into the great era of the 2000s and the 2010s. One of the greats in every coaching conversation. You know, Arkansas would come open every three years. People, oh, Gary Patterson's going to go. And then Texas would come open. Oh, Gary Patterson. And A&M would come up. And oh, it's Gary's show. You either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain because Patterson became the villain and was ultimately fired at TCU. Not too long. Oh, 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 excuse me. They mutually parted ways after winning four out of five bowl games from 2014 to 2018. Remember that great peach bowl, the Alamo bowl, the other Alamo bowl and the cheese it. Things kind of went downhill. Listen to this. Listen to this. Gary Patterson's last stretch, 2016 to 2021, which is, I say last stretch. He was, he, that, for most people, that's a whole career to place. But for him, that was just the last quarter of him being at TCU. He goes six and seven in 2016 with a loss in the Liberty Bowl. Then rattles off 11 and three, that very impressive 2017 team, seven and two in Big 12 play, wins the Alamo Bowl, finishes in the top 10. So that's good. He also, mind you, in a three in that four year span there, that four year span, three of those finishes in the top ten. But I want to start in 2016 because where you first you first start to see things kind of crack. The first couple of years in the Big 12 were not easy. They struggled there. Then they picked it up. They were good again. And then bam, six and seven, you're going, oh, oh, it's six and seven. Is that uh well they bounced back with eleven and three? Can you build on it? No. Seven and six in twenty eighteen. Then here we really go downhill. Five and seven in twenty nineteen. This is a bowl game. For the first time since 2013. Misses, uh, well, he goes to the bowl game in 2020 because he has that COVID thing, but they don't play it because Arkansas says no. They finish at six and four. Then in 2021, they go three and five. You finally you sit back and you think, dang, Gary hasn't won more than seven games since 2018. Three straight, se- three, three straight seasons of less than seven wins. That 2020 season thrown in there as well. And then, and then you bring it back to 2016. He's only had one season 
one season from 2016 to 2021 with over seven wins. And that was that 11 and three year. Is that good enough to buy him more time at TCU? And I think some would argue yes, but at the same time, you either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. It's exactly what Gary Patterson did. Breaking down the end of his TCU career is just to show that he's a guy, he's a coach that was on the downtrend. It was on the downtrend. And then it wasn't a, oh, Gary Patterson just got fired. His resume is so good that he's going to go to a big program. He's going to go coach another program. No, it was, you can be assistant to the head coach at Texas. That's the last job he had. Then he goes on a radio show this week in Waco, Texas, the Matt Mosley show on ESPN Central Texas and says, you know what, Matt? Now I'm ready to come back. I got the itch. I want to coach. I want to be a head coach in college football again. And now my little brain starts firing. TCU fires Gary Patterson just for him to go to Baylor University three years later. Just for him to be a conference opponent at Houston three years later, TCU fires Gary Patterson. He's back in the league at West Virginia. I am. Call me crazy. Call me crazy. I believe Gary Patterson wins games at Baylor. I believe Gary Patterson wins games at Houston, wins games at West Virginia. He's crazy enough to do it. He's crazy enough to build a program at a small school. And I think the only thing that's really going to hold him back is what held him back at the end of that TCU tenure is the new age of college football where coaches like Deion Sanders and the guy G.J. Kenny at Texas State are probably going to excel because they can play NIL, transfer portal. Can Gary? Because since the transfer portal NIL became the big prominent part of college football, Gary Patterson has not won games. Can he evolve? Can he recruit still? Can the person Gary Patterson recruit above the program? Here's an example of recruiting above your program. A if a Nick Saban goes from Alabama to Kent state tomorrow, he is going to pick up five-star players. He's just like, you know what? I'm going to go back to Kent state. He will pick up five-star players immediately who just want to play for the NFL, you know, NFL uh, curator, Nick Saban. Yeah. So he would recruit about, usually Kent state wouldn't get those guys, but because it's Nick Saban, they can do that. Now, Gary Patterson's no Nick Saban, but if he goes to a school, can he say, hey, look, here's what I've done in my career. Maybe this school, maybe this Baylor is not the most historic place in college football. Maybe West Virginia has had a couple of down years. Maybe uh, Houston needs some help coming into the Power Five, but I have this illustrious resume of things that I've done at TCU Rose Bowl victories to being kind of an antagonist of college football in Texas. He was always the pesky little brother in Texas that was beating up on people way bigger than him, dominating that Baylor rivalry becoming, you know, really building the rivalry as it went down the stretch with Art Bryles. Those two guys hated each other. That was awesome, man. I saw Gary too at the at the national championship game. I went and saw uh, Georgia and TCU play last year, and he was there. There, you know, uh, here's this guy that we fired last year. Hey, everybody, kind of wild. It just makes me think, man. If Gary Patterson returns to this game, the world's going to be a better place. The world's going to be a better place. I'll cheer him on. And if he is the Baylor football coach, I think it's hilarious, especially if he beats TCU, because you know he would want to. It'd be emotional, but you know he'd want to. Oh, it's so good. Hey, I'll see you guys on Sunday. What do you say? Huh? Emergency podcast this weekend. Some crazy upsets going to go down. Will Texas lose to Iowa State? I don't know. Let's hope so, though, right? We can all root for it together. I love talking to you guys. We got this kind of little friendship going on, don't we? We get to talk every day, you and I. Hey, reach out if you need anything. This has been and always will be Locked On. Thank you for making it your first listen every single day. Say it with me. Dose Grande.